Greetings, everyone. Today is the seventh talk, and it's entitled, Your Name of Grace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, enlighten our minds and our hearts. Lead us into the fullness of the truth. Lead us to the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So that we may always give glory to the Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so this was a really neat conference that I felt Father John of the Seneca gave. Um, Pretty original in some senses, or at least I'd never heard heard it uh, put in this way. The name of grace, and he started off with a reflection on the woman at the well. So we're in the Gospel of John, I believe it's chapter 4. Especially where Jesus says to the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that, saying, that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So that launched us into um, a reflection on this gift. If you knew the gift of God, that's a major thing in our life. If we know, if we understand the gift that we've been given, this treasure that we have, we will tap into it over and over again and live from that fullness, the fullness of grace. So first of all, the obstacles. Maybe we can kind of clear these things off first so we can understand better why it seems that it's not a gift, that we're not living, that life is a struggle, life is hard, there's worry, anxiety, there's all kinds of things that make life uh, not, not so fun. And doesn't seem like a gift. We can think of history too, especially the 20th century with World War One, World War Two, all the wars, the deaths. There's been countless people that have died from starvation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is yes, this is our sinful world. This is original sin. This is personal sin, all that. But for us who are striving for God and trying to tap into this treasure, trying to live by the fullness of grace. Perhaps there's three things that we can say that really keep us back from living from the fullness of the gift. Number one, forgetfulness. Two, laziness. And three, ignorance. So for the first one, forgetfulness. We see, especially in the Old Testament, over and over again, that Yahweh is reminding his people of the covenant, reminding his people of all the things that he's done for them. And this is part of their religious celebrations, their liturgies, and their worship. To always remember what God did. To free them from Pharaoh, free them from sin, free them from Egypt. Over and over again. Isaiah chapter 4. There's that reminder that of the covenant. Remember the covenant. Remember this alliance, this relationship that God has made with you. Come back to it over and over again. 
And then laziness can just be um, kind of really tied in with the way we want to just be comfortable in this life. Again, in this day and age, and I think that's one reason why I keep coming back to it in my talks and in my preaching, um, is because it's so prevalent today. Uh, it's such a insidious kind of thing that we don't notice because we're made for well-being. We're made for we're made for joy. We're made for bliss. And so when we have all the material comforts and all things put into our lap, it seems like, in a sense, we haven't made. But we have to be very careful in that realm and kind of always fight against that grain that's so prevalent in our Western world of not allowing ourselves to rest, to, to be satisfied with the things of this earth. With our, we have a nice home, we have children, we might have a nice job, uh, things are fairly comfortable, we don't have to worry about hunger, we don't have to worry about thirst, we don't have to worry about famine, uh, earthquakes too much in New Zealand a little bit, but uh, in the U.S. maybe tornadoes, uh, floods, etc. But all in all, relatively so compared to the millennia that have passed us, we are incredibly well off. And so laziness has to do with that loss of fire, fervor that's going to draw us uh, closer to God through struggle, through struggle and a fight, a fight that we're really made for in the end, where our heart starts to be enkindled and that we actually start to uh, shun uh, the comforts and we don't even desire them anymore as we progress because we want to go further. We tasted, we experienced how good God is. We start to burn with a fire and a zeal to serve our brothers and sisters, especially the poor and the vulnerable. And there's so much, there's so much work out there to do. And what are we doing? We just have a little, little bit of time and the energy that we have to spend in these areas. How can we spend it with just lazing around, uh, watching, the boob tube, becoming stupid uh, with stupid television shows, etc. <laughs> um, and to along that path, I just put a caveat in there. We we have to learn how to do recreation. We have to learn how to relax, to re-energize, etc. So, to music, even television, good movies especially be with friends, those we love, etc. that re-energizes, that gives us the force, the energy we need to come back. Third obstacle, ignorance. This is what we're born into. This is uh, just part of life. God will enlighten us and give us truth, give us light for our path along the way to discover this gift, this treasure. We can always ask for that enlightenment. It's one of my favorite prayers that I've been doing before the conference. Ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten your mind and your hearts. Your spirit that God's given you that will lead you into the fullness of the truth. This will happen. It's for sure. God is the giver of light. Now to come back to this um, first one, forgetfulness. The key to overcome this is remembering. To remember is an act of religion, an act of going back to God. 
So forgetfulness was at the root of what caused Israel to go astray. And remembering, in that biblical sense, is to make present the reality. It's an actualization of the reality. And this is exactly what happens at the summit of our faith life, the Mass. It's where you make present what is actually going on in eternity. And you make present what Christ did on the cross. You make present Christ's resurrection in the Mass. So we say the Mass is a memorial. So to always remember. So there's the remembering that overcomes forgetfulness. There's an ever-growing desire and fervor that will overcome laziness. And there's enlightenment of the mind and heart that will overcome ignorance that comes to us through prayer, through scripture, etc. Father Jonathan Seneca told us about the Bronx Brothers, the Friars of the Renewal, who started um, with Father Benedict Rochelle and I think seven other founders. And they're still going strong. Uh, one thing that they, a method that uh, the Bronx Brothers learn is to discern with time their name of grace so they can understand better and live better the treasure the gift that God has given them. This name of grace, uh, to give a few examples of saints, two Carmelite saints, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity and St. Therese of the Zoo. St. Elizabeth had this great discovery I don't know when or I don't know her story too well about this and how it, how it came about, but she always signed off and she always said her name, her kind of deepest charism is Laudum Gloriae, the praise of his glory. It comes from the letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians 1, the praise of his glory. We are made for the praise of his glory. So in her deepest self, her deepest identity, she feels that's the gift that God has given her, to be the praise of his glory. This name of grace, one, another way to put it is to say it's a lifetime vision mission. A lifetime vision mission. So it's very tied in with our charism and our mission, which we'll get into. But also, the way Father John was talking about it is that it's, it's also deeply tied in just with your being, with your identity. It's the white stone the book of Revelation talks about. And rejoice because your names are written in heaven, Jesus says, as the disciples come back from all the amazing apostolic activities that they did. Jesus says, I oh, don't worry about that. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Your name. Your name of grace. These two always are so interconnected, our name of grace and our mission. Now, another contemplative, too. So, with both St. Elizabeth and St. Therese, you don't see it so much tied in with apostolic activity. For us that are out in the world and, and that, it might very well be, be that. And, um, but with St. Therese, um, what she came to discover was that her name of grace is 
to be love in the heart of the church. So St. Therese already discovered her vocation quite early. She joined the Carmelites very early at 15 years old. And she continued, as God does, leaves us uh, kind of thirsting and hungering for more. There's more, there's more, there's more. That's the way it'll always be until we're finally immersed in his glory. And she was already on such a, such a path with such a fervor, but she wanted more and more. So she was a Carmelite already. She's reading 1 Corinthians 12, where St. Paul talks about all the gifts. And she, she said, ah, none of those really fit perfectly. She kept reading 1 Corinthians 13. Where all these gifts don't mean anything if you don't have charity, if you don't have love. And there, it was like a light went off, a fire in her heart. She knew that she was to be love in the heart of the church. She was the one that was to accept all those graces that were rejected, that were not, not received by others. She was to be just a complete open vessel for God's grace to pour into her, to pour into her heart to receive all that love and to completely unite herself with Jesus and to pour that love back out into the heart of the church. So this name of grace, what is it? It's good to ask explicitly. I believe that's what they do with, uh, with the Bronx brothers to really seek this out, ask, ask in prayer. What is my name of grace? It can come as an impression on the heart. It can come as a whisper, that silent whisper. Um, what Father John of the Seneca said, and this is actually my experience, I had a pretty profound experience, I feel, on that retreat uh, with this. Uh, but he said that it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily come all at once. It'd probably be pretty rare that that happens, that it's just kind of given to you and that sticks and that's what it is. It'll come to you in, in parts and parcel. And you just get a sense of it. <clears throat> but it's good to bring it to prayer. And so that's what we'll have in our meditation at the end of this to, to um, really, really pray into that. Now, one thing that's going to help us understand this uh, better is to... Reflect on what your deepest attraction is, your deepest desire. When I say deepest, it's not necessarily the strongest, but what is most kind of tied in with who you are, with your identity and also your desire for what you would like to kind of give back into this world. And when you do breathe your last breath and you pass into eternity, what is it that you would want to leave on this earth? Who do you want to be? And what are the works that you will, will have wanted done, uh, that, you will have, that you will have done in this, in this world while you're here? That'll help you reflect a bit on that. Also, another clue as to this gift is that it's 
probably the area where you're most attacked. Or maybe a sin that you habitually fall into. And that's where the world, the flesh, and devil really attacks. Especially the evil one who does not want your gifts, your charism, and to live by this name of grace, for this to come into the world. So do every, everything to attack you at this area. So if your vision, mission, your name is for purity, chastity, then you may be attacked in the area of lust especially. If you struggle with anger, perhaps it's tied in with meekness or gentleness. Unforgiveness, perhaps you have a special charism and identity for mercy, to be united with God's mercy. Now it's so important, so essential, and this is what really drove it home for me. This isn't just for ourselves, uh, just to kind of know ourselves better and to love God and to grow spiritually. This is for the church. So important to know our charisms and our, our gifts, because this is how we build up the church, the bride of Christ. And so these gifts are to be meant for how we are going to fit into our parish, into the diocese, into the church, the universal church. And that's why it's so good if your parish is actually doing something to help, this, help the parishioners to discover this. That's what we hope to do here, Christ Church West. We're, we want to have, first we're going to have a, a group of parishioners to kind of lead the path. They're going to, uh, there's certain certain methods out there, certain books and people who have developed things that really kind of help you dive into this and reflect and pray and come together in small groups. Um, this process to discover what are your charisms, what are your gifts. And then that is to go out and to put those into practice, to use them. So with a ministry always comes a charism. And that's how you will guard yourself against any burnout and discouragement and that feeling that, oh, there's just too much to do in life. There's just, uh, life is so hectic. One of the main reasons I believe for that is, is because we're not focusing and primarily we haven't tapped into the gift and we're not um, ministering from that gift. We're not including the, that gift in our relationships, in our conversations, in the way we serve, in our generosity. We may be very generous people. We may give time and energy and say yes to so many things. But if we haven't prioritized, if we haven't discovered, reflected, and are going into that area that's been the treasure that God, has, God has given us, then we're going to be just burning resources from within, all the energies from within. Whereas if we tap into that gift and we're ministering from that gift, that overflow of the fullness of God's grace, then it's like a strange thing happens. The more we give and the more fervent we are, actually the more energy we get, 
So it's a, it's a gift that actually gives energy. And that might be in something very active, but that can also be, you'll find yourself giving back to the world through intercessory prayer, through uh, just when you go to bed at night, when you wake up in the morning, times of relaxation. You'll be kind of re-energizing and also staying in the presence of God, which is always going to bear fruit no matter what you're doing. All right, so don't be afraid to be bold, courageous. Ask for that gift, the name of grace. Ask as a beggar, ask. Ask for the living waters. And make sure you ask for the Holy Spirit itself who will give you this gift. Your meditation will be 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just like St. Therese was meditating on. Just like St. Therese, don't be afraid to... Read in advance, 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 has beautiful meditation on gifts also. Or flip around in the Bible, there's other beautiful passages. But see what strikes you in that when St. Paul starts naming the gifts, apostles, evangelists, healers, um, service, administration, teachers. See which one kind of jumps, at it, jumps out at you, see what impacts you, see where your desires are. Don't be afraid to journal, write these things down. See what attracts you the most. Okay, as they say in French, bonne meditation. Have a good reflective meditation time on the scriptures. And let's lift this all up to our Blessed Mother. We pray for the intercession of her purity, her immaculate heart, to give us the fullness of that light. She is the woman who is shrouded in the sun, enveloped in the sun, with the moon under her feet and the stars above her head. All the light of creation comes upon her so that she can lead us to the fullness of truth, Christ himself. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen.